Welcome one and all to the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 51. Today we're getting to a movie club, talking about the Justice League Frontier movie. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of issue number 51's podcast, we have some uh, pretty cool nerd news to get out of the way. So the first thing on our docket, of course, is... The Ghostbusters trailer, the second new one... Um. Just as equally disappointing as the first, in this reporter's opinion. Hey, Casey. I mean, at least it wasn't any worse. Hey, Casey. Hey, Casey. Who are you going to call? Not, not, not these, these Ghostbusters. Yeah. The answer is <laughs> somebody else. someone else, which ah. was from Casper, everyone. Nice little Casper re- reference for you. Said by Dan Aykroyd as... Uh, yeah, Ray stands with a yeah. mustache. Does that mean Casper yeah. is canon in the original Ghostbusters movies? Yeah, man. Hey. Oh, it could be. I'm down with that. It's Can that we... St. Elsewhere theory where every movie is tied in with every other movie. I love that theory. <laughs> that's, that's so much better than talking about the Ghostbusters reboot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Ghostbusters trailer. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Like I, One of my coworkers said it best. He feels like he's seen the best the movie has to offer in the trailers, and it's still not enough. They gave away Stay Puffed, man. Yeah. Fuck. That was, that and was strange. that's such a crappy like, time. It's like, hey, guys, look. You know, you hated the last trailer, but look, we got Stay Puffed. Remember him, right? Remember? It's yeah, like... We got we got Slimer, too. Look, Slimer is in a support, supporting guest role, and we got Stay... Now, Stay Puffed's real cool, and ba- <laughs> it's got everything you want. Look, look, we have Watch Thor. Thor's in this. Yeah. Thor's the secretary. Yeah, we got Thor. And look, we're going to possess Thor. Oh, no. Thor's possessed, and he's riding away on a motorcycle. Ooh... And it's like, I don't know who's in charge of this project, but they're trying so hard to bring this franchise back, but no one asked for this thing to be brought back. And let's put the disclaimer out there first and foremost. Like, no one, well, there are people, but we specifically are not disliking this movie before you've even seen it because there's an all-woman cast, which is what the internet wants everyone to believe. Everyone hates it. So no, because think about if they were going to do a remake of any other classic movie from back in the day. Think about if you heard they're going to do a Back to the Future remake make you would hate it automatically and it's if they twisting my stomach and making me grind my teeth just as you say it seriously well, I mean, like, also these reboots have never turned out well i mean we have the total recall movie that was terrible fantastic, I mean, four. Like, fantastic uh, four uh fan four stick don't call it fantastic four fan judge dread <laughs> yeah robocop like it doesn't it doesn't work like even like robocop they change things like it's not like oh these god things, that robocop is, these movies so bad are 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 timeless because they they exemplify something about that era, and that's important for like, that's, something, that's that's something so important you can't capture that in a remake. You really need to view the original to get it, and that's why they're so compelling. And I think that with all these reboots, they kind of miss that. See, I wouldn't mind. I don't mind the fe- all female cast at all. I actually th- I love the idea that they're like kind of like they are SNL alum because that's what. Ghostbusters was originally it was SNL alum, you know, Second City alum. So they were like sketch performers anyway, and that's what this is. It's still like ha- it's still carrying that torch, basically. You know what I mean? And I mean, um, there were parts of the trailer that made me laugh. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't just dull the entire time. I I did and legitimately I, enjoy parts. And I really wish this wasn't a reboot. I wish it was just like a continuation of Ghostbusters too. Yeah. I think that's what would make people respect it more. Like if. Unfort- not Egon, unfortunately, may may uh, rest in peace. But um, 
if like our the characters we grew up with were in this movie and they were passing like passing off like Excalibur to a new generation, you know, that would be different. It's still the same universe we grew up with, but now we have new Ghostbusters. That would be awesome. But that, you know, that would never on- have happened with the mentality that this movie has. Exactly. I'm, I'm also not sure that I wouldn't be so confident that it's the same universe. Uh, so I, I'm, I first I thought it, you know, I was kind of on, in Casey's boat where I was like, you know what, it maybe it could be like an unofficial like number three or whatever. Or, oh yeah, because they, because they, they mentioned that like the, the people know about the not, Ghostbusters. It's, it's not. I, not I think all. it's its own thing because yeah. at least with its in, inception, uh, Paul Feige had a lot of difficulty with the fact that he would have to work with someone else's rules, and he really wanted these female protagonists to create their own technology and not have it handed to them and made by men. Yeah, so. there's that's a way to, the, there's a way to do that though without without But I it's, it's not the, the director's like vision and I think he has like a very cuz he's never really worked on anything to my awareness that other people have created. He's only done his own stuff. So I wonder if there's like a, a rigidness or a set or in his ego. ways kind yeah. of. Yeah, oh, there mentality. is an ego because the whole thing about men is you, you see it with uh, with with Chris Hemsworth, like his car- he's a dude and he's like you know he's he's a manly dude, but in this movie he's he's nerfed. You know, he's like, hey guys, I'm all goofy and stuff, and look, I've I'm like pretty much Clark Kent, and he gets possessed and he acts even more goofy, and they're like, oh, he's possessed. <laughs> we'll have to say that it's like, all right, we get it, we get it. all female cast, so there has to be a strong looking dude who's neutered in the movie. I I get it, but at the same time, it's like. No one asked for this. Nobody wanted this, but it's becoming a thing anyway. And, it, and I really everyone wanted like a Ghostbusters three, just a straight up like, or maybe four, if you consider the movie or the video game number three. The, yeah, the game is an, is is Ghostbusters three. Yeah, I would yeah. I would love a number four, and I wouldn't, in all honesty, mind something along the lines of uh, Extreme Ghostbusters, uh, where it had like a, a just a more diverse cast and you know kind of expanded on it because the original idea of Ghostbusters was, and the original script was. There is an existing Ghostbuster in every city. They're a utility from the city. So they're, they're like a they're fire fr- department. They franchise it out. Right. They're a fire department. They're a, they're a police station. You know, whatever. They're, they're everywhere. They're all around. And you just focused on one group of them. But due to, I don't know, creative differences or budget reasons or whatever, they decided to make it more of a startup than something that was already franchised out. Know, it was definitely budget reasons. I keep on thinking when I see this trailer that there are these, these people inspired by the original team. And even though they don't have their technology, they go out and create it themselves because they, they saw it in action. I mean, that would, see, that would be yeah, Well, I well would, not all of them created themselves. Still, like the Black is just a worker. But still, like I would respect that better where if, like, if they were inspired by original Ghostbusters... And they tried to emulate and they built their own proton packs. I would respect that way be so better cool. than That'd like be, what and this then is Because they're basically fans. They're yeah. fans that are trying to become like their heroes. And they, and, and they figure it out. They actually make the shit and everything they need to make, you know? That's like, it's like every geek's dream come true. Sure. And like, <laughs> what I hate the most is like, um, what's her name? Uh, God, the fucking... Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones, thank you. Like her, she's supposed to be Winston, you yeah. know? And she's doing a horrible job at it. Like Terrible originally jokes. the way... The way Winston was written and how he still acts in the movie, but it's never like in the story. He was in the military. He was an army guy, you know. Dude, he has one of the best lines of dialogue in the movie when he's sitting in the Ecto One with Ray talking about God. That's awesome. What was the line, Casey? The it was they're talking about like like the the Book of Revelations, and it's just it's just a quick back and forth. But it's it's just a it's just a cool like relaxed maybe, maybe the reason why we're seeing so much activity is the end of times is now. Dead rising and walking the earth. Yeah, that that line. When him and like Ray are driving back and he says that shit to him when they're like talking about like why they're so busy. 
yeah. they're both having a cigarette in the car, which is something you yeah. really probably wouldn't see anymore. No, yeah. not at all. But yeah, it's just uh, like this movie could have been way better if someone just took their head out of their fucking ass, you know. And if not, at least listen to the fans. At least watch the original fucking material and said, you know what? Let me uh, let me tweet this a little bit. See what happens. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's the best case scenario is Amber. What Amber said happened. Worst case scenario is I don't know if it's a race thing or a lady thing, and it's more <laughs> jokes like that, which make me okay. Cringe. That that I actually found was pretty funny. Like no, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to lie. Like I, I thought that was hilarious. No, I agree with Sergio. I didn't think it was that bad. No, the the delivery of it, her face, it was just like felt. But so it was forced. like she just she just jumped on the floor, and no one caught. I'd be. She's I, like, all right, I don't know if it's a lady thing or a race thing, but I'm mad as hell. <laughs> Horrible. Maybe oh maybe when I was watching it and writing about it, I was thinking that the trailer was becoming self aware and I'm just like, Oh my god, it's self aware. <laughs> it's yeah, like look, all right. So you can you can check life. the deets out for yourself on the article I wrote this week on badcodyfunky.com. Ah. But but it's like it's one thing after another. They do like a little montage where it's like, Oh, it's it's you know, it's mass hysteria. The word you're looking for is apocalypse. The the movie is becoming aware of how bad it's actually going to be. Yeah. To the point where I imagine there may be a government cover-up for how bad this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> government cover-up? No. Yeah. Like, they, it's just, it goes into, like, a big vault. Ghostbusters 3 With, now with Manos, Hands of Fate. And Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> I, I, I just think that, like, somebody in Hollywood thought this was a really good idea. And the execution now is just, just so poor that everyone is getting so pissed. I mean, the first trailer was the most disliked trailer on YouTube ever. What like, do you mean was? Is is yeah shit but, don't uh, change <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean we had we had we had the fantastic four we we've had like other movies that have yeah you know we've had other movies that have come through but like this one everyone just came together and was like nope nope the horde everyone come together okay can we agree that this sucks yep okay cool and the internet doesn't really come together on anything so when it does you know it's either really bad or really good and in this case yeah. really bad with the article, Casey mentioned that this is like one of like possibly the most disliked video on YouTube. Is that true? Not uh, it's it's the most disliked trailer, not the most disliked video. Yeah, true. Right. If you okay, go if you sense. go by sheer numbers, it's probably any popular music song. Oh, like no. a Justin Bieber <laughs> song has like an outrageous number of dislikes. Right. But it's just been seen so much more. But I think in terms of likes to dislikes percentage wise, nothing beats this. Jeez. Yeah. It's out it's out of control. And that says something. And studios aren't... It's so bad. Like, I feel like they just don't care. They just don't appear. They're like, well, we're still making our thing. And anyone who doesn't like it is stupid. You know, like the director who made the Fantastic Four remake. Yeah, they tried to make their money back. Yeah. I don't think it's the director's fault, though. I'm going to stand by that. Because Chronicle is still a thing. And that was a great movie. I think that yeah, was... Yeah, well, apparently, apparently the second half of Fantastic Four was, was, like, totally taken from him. And, like, they reshot footage, like, against his will. And they yeah. kind of forced him to, to change his entire movie. Like, so he he ended up immature, in a very mature way, lashing out at the studio. But sure. at the same time, he got screwed over, too. Well, sure. He's not much older than, than me or Serge or Dave. So, like, I feel like I'd probably react the same way. Josh Trank, I'm yeah. still somewhat on your side, buddy. Don't worry. I think that's what happened to Zack Snyder or Batman v Soups. <laughs> See, I would agree with you if Sucker Punch were not a thing. Oh, God. Okay, Sucker Punch. Okay, let's not talk that's about that. That's still his movie <laughs> with zero diddling from, from anyone. <laughs> Complete lack of diddling. Like, that was all him. So, like, I'm... <laughs> Like I want to give, like I want to be on Zack Snyder's side because the 300 and Watchmen was still really good, and like you know stuff like that. But like, 
Sucker Punch? Uh, I don't know. So, so remember that this is this guy's Sucker Punch. What's that? Maybe this is this director's Sucker Punch. Oh, sure. Punch. I mean, it could be Josh Trank's uh, Sucker Punch, but like at the same time, like it's really early in the career. So I'd like yeah. to, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. We'll see if he gets to make another movie and how, you know, well that does. I think that'll ultimately, you can't dredge a director by two movies. You can't. I mean, you could, but you'd be un, uninformed and most likely, you know, opinionated, slewed towards one direction. Imagine if you only judge Steven Spielberg based on E.T., and then War of the Worlds. You know, I don't think War of the Worlds is really that bad. I was going to say, both of those movies were great movies. But uh, in other news, uh, <laughs> no, Casey, you uh, you were on a, another podcast. So this week, I was actually on uh, on an episode of a podcast called Breaking the Panel, uh, which is a, a great great show that's featured on the Giant Size Team Up Network. It's got like four other podcasts on there. They got a Marvel Cinematic Universe one, a DC one. They got one where they analyze uh, great runs of comics. It's totally, totally awesome site. Um, but Breaking the Panel is a it's a it's a podcast that talks about how comic books permeate into everyday culture, from literature to movies, television, music. Uh, I was invited on by the host. Charles McFall and I joined him and fellow host Paul Klotz and a fellow guest star Travis Jones from the Blazing Defender Report and we had a nice uh, nice roundtable discussion about some of the hottest uh, top or just plain interesting headlines that were going on that week. Uh, we talked a little about the loss of Darwin Cook, uh, the ABC show cancellations, the petition to bring Agent Carter back for a season three, some shakeups at DC. With uh, Greg Berlanti wanting to get his hands in more pies and Zack Snyder kind of being dethroned and Jeff Johns moving up. Um, I just want to give a big shout out and thanks to Mr. McFall, Mr. Klotz for having me on the show. I absolutely cannot wait to be back someday. Um, If you guys want to check it out, episode 31 of Breaking the Panel goes live uh, on Tuesday giant size team up.com slash breaking the panel that's awesome that's exciting yeah greg berlanti who for those of you who don't know is pretty much responsible for the flash arrow and now supergirl so pretty much the main superhero tv shows that have been getting a lot of hype are you know he's he's behind which is super exciting that he's kind of getting a little more involved in the cinematic as well as like jeff johns um for those of you who are also unaware Jeff Johns is I would say responsible for bringing back a lot of lower tier characters and bringing them up to the spotlight and dusting off the cobwebs and and making them more relatable and more fun and more integral to the main DC storyline so these are all boding well for booster gold fans such as myself great Berlanti if you're listening to this probably not but if you are I already tweeted at you who I want to play booster gold and Ted Core Blue Beetle so Pick that. And they are, they're both Nathan Fillion. No, actually, none of them are Nathan Fillion, surprisingly enough. Um, I'm, I would like a psych reunion, pretty much. So um, I always viewed Booster Gold as, as Sean from Psych, so James Roday, who actually, like, he's a little bit smaller, play in frame, but has the, the, the cockiness and has, like, almost the look to play to do so. And I want, I'm going to race swap it for you guys, Dulé Hill to play Ted Cord. I think, I mean, Dooley Hill is a fantastic actor. You've seen him in Psych. You've seen him in The West Wing. Uh, you've even seen him in Ballers, if you're keeping up on that, as quite a different character than what he's used to playing. So he can play the confident, 
you know, the confident guy. He could also play the goofy best friend, kind of the opposite to what Booster Gold can be. And I always found that their exchanges on Psych to be quite interesting and, and quite, uh, you know, the Ted Cord, Michael Carter that I know and love. Um, but, you know, that's all the extended universe stuff. That's going to be awesome. That's not a definite thing right now. Like, the, you know, Greg Berlanti wants to make a Booster Gold movie. Like he wants that to happen. It's not solidified. I want it. Everyone wants it. And, of course, everyone wants Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk. I wouldn't be Nathan upset Fillion. with that either. But, yeah. you know, it's just fucking awesome. Like, this is a great day to be a fan of B-list and C-list characters. And I think that, I mean, look look at Arrow. Look at Green Arrow. He wasn't a, an A-lister. You know? He, I'd even say the Flash wasn't that big. Yeah, but, I mean the Flash, Flash is, is, is one of the core know. members of the Justice League, though. Yeah, but still, it's like he's like as much so as Aquaman, before sure. more but as among Muggles, I suppose. Sure, sure, yeah. Like I mean, now the Flash is a lot more well known because of the TV show than he was before that. I agree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting to see all these, these uh, lower characters and like Rip Hunter is the star of a T is a star in a TV show. That's fucking awesome. It's actually really it's so funny to see the, these these like unknown heroes cropping up because studios don't want to throw their popular heroes out there right away. So they they pull from from their uh, I guess from the the deep deep dark corners of their universe to find so like, a random villain here to to take up screen time before they can ramp up to Deathstroke or something. Insert and, villain and it, here. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it it does give these. Great, thanks, Dave. <laughs> it does give these uh, these lesser-known characters their time to shine, which I, I think is a great thing as well that we only get because of these long-running TV shows. Sure, yeah. I'm still hoping for, and also a Guillermo del Toro directed something, Dead Man. I think that'd be fucking phenomenal. Like, whether it be a movie or an episode of a TV show or a miniseries or something, wasn't that he, uh, needs to Wasn't he tapped to do, like, Justice League Dark? He was, but I think that, like, crumbled. Too bad. Yeah, that would be awesome. Decent on-screen John Constantine. Yeah. And Zatanna. Uh, Zatanna? Like, I don't know. She's never been one of my faves. I think she's cool. She has to say all her spells backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really cool idea. Like, I love how she casts the spells and stuff like that. But, like, as a character, I've never seen more than the backwards spells in the fishnet. I don't know why. And Injustice, right? Injustice? Uh, well, she's thrown in there in Injustice. Come on. Come on. Um... And also, there's going to be like a Harley Quinn movie, right? Is that right? That is correct. Like, well, well, it's still like in the works, but it it's going to happen. But it's not going to be a, like I basically in the article it basically says that um, it's not going to be a Harley Quinn standalone movie. What it's going to be is Harley Quinn's going to be in it. It's going to be a lot of other like female like antagonists and protagonists from like the like DC they universe. Uh, Birds of Prey, right? It's been thrown around, yeah. Which um, I think would be the coolest thing, and it would be because I would like to see like Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Um, however, we're it's it's like still in the works. Margot Robbie's definitely having the um, the producer role for it, which is kind of kind of interesting. Um, one of the things that I read was when she first took the role of Harley Quinn, she didn't know much about the the character, you know. So she delved delved deep into the character, reading the comics and the research. And she fell in love with what Harley Quinn was and who Harley Quinn is, which is kind of neat. So that's probably why she, I think she took the, the reins for the producing role in this movie. And it'll be interesting to see, like, where they go with it and who who they bring in, you know, and, like, what to do with the story, where it's going to be in this whole, like, DC movie universe now, especially with, like, who's taking over and how it's being taken over. So it's going to be interesting to see what we're going to 
what's going to happen in the next like two, three years or whenever this movie comes and hits yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. We don't even know how this Harley is going to really be portrayed in, in this most recent movie. Like, I'm, like, I, I really want want her portrayal of Harley Quinn to be on point because I just I, I, I think hearing about her her enthusiasm about the character it'd be such a shame to have that go to waste. And I know the trailers so far haven't given us the best case scenario with, with the character, but I don't know, there's still hope, you know? I just I mean ever since I saw like when I first saw Wolf of Wall Street, um and this is before like we even knew where to get like any type of DC anything. Um, when I first saw it and I saw Margot Robbie's portrayal in that movie, I thought, wow, she would make a fantastic Harley Quinn if they ever did anything with a Harley Quinn. Because she already had like kind of like the New York Brooklyn accent going in that movie, you know? And like, yeah. she's blonde, she's tall, she's athletic, so she would fit the role really, really well. And sure enough, you know, Suicide Squad, they casted her. So hopefully, hopefully... She does the character justice, hopefully. And if I mean, she's a popular character now. I mean, I know she's she yeah. rocketed from completely unknown to, to borderline. I just, I guess, B-list. I, I guess definitely B-list. I mean, she's, she's the most popular female DC hero, short yeah. of Wonder Woman. Yeah, no also, Wonder Woman is A-list. I mean, I mean, if you ask like your mom though, she's not going to know who Harley Quinn is. Yeah, but at the same time though, she started off. It's cool because she started off in the animated series and then she changed into the comics. So which is yeah, and that and, and that's uh, yeah just goes to show how compelling her and unique her storyline was. I mean, of course, any character that that is related to the Joker any in any way narratively is is that could very easily kind of be overshadowed by him. But she was just so so well done that she she transcended that and really became this phenomenon of a character. Eh. But yeah, I know that uh Greg, you have some different <laughs> Greg, opinions. Greg's not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like classic Harley. I'm not a fan of this whole Anyways, Dragon Ball Xenoverse is coming out with a sequel, <laughs> which I am really excited about. Uh actually that's not even me being facetious, somewhat sarcastic. I really enjoyed the first game. Uh even though it did have its bugs, the matchmaking wasn't the best, uh Hub World was kind of meh. But like when I was in high school. And I was eating up Dragon Ball Z, like loving it. And every second of the way, you know, playing back then, I think I had N64 back then. Literally chewing on VHS tapes. Literally chewing on Revenge of Frieza. Um, This is the game that I had dreamed of. You get to make yourself as a Saiyan, a human, whatever Frieza's race is. I think or it's called dynamic. the freezer race. Whatever that is. Freezer. It's called freezer race, right? That's weird yeah. because like... It's just like they didn't even feel like thinking of a name. But like why not call it like cooler race? Because cool- isn't cooler like older? That would be awesome. They could have so, called, the, the called it the cold ha- race. Yeah, I think because like freezer is more powerful. Yeah, but like what did they call well, it before Cooler also freezer? might not be canon. That's the thing. Like, So there's that whole discrepancy of like if any of the movies are canon. Sure. Apparently the, o- the only movie that actually fits into continuity anywhere is the first Cooler movie, uh, oddly enough. Really? Battle of the Gods doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, actually, Battle, Battle of the Gods, Gods I think, is, is a different thing. Now it does. I was going to say, we spent an entire podcast, go check that one out, talking about <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, that, and then like it's not even canon. No, no, because I think it's a... Akira Toriyama didn't work on most of the movies. Okay. In order did he work on GT. That's why it's yeah, also yeah. called into question. Yeah, yeah. 
Sure. Yeah, but, but I anyways. love how this game looks. It looks like the overworld is totally redone because the first overworld was like very bland. And if anyone's yeah. played the game, you know that like you pretty much like go into this lobby that's in this like other world, and and it looks all right. It, it was just like you can tell it's like a Japanese game. Like that was there just for utility, and sure. there, there are a lot of emphasis on on utility in certain Eastern games, and they just get you into what you need to do. That's why. Oh, yeah, that's been a thing since the original Fantasy Star Online. Like they in Jap- in Japan, they usually have uh, hub worlds that's just because they want you to get into the action as quick as possible get it actually shrugging trug- along the world from point a to point b wasting time and hours isn't really a thing i think just it might be born out of the culture or that they just don't have as much free time there oh, oh exactly so, and especially because like they just want you just want to get to this this is why like in western games like even menus and certain things are, are, are take a bit more care to be created by developers because they want it to look nice, but in Eastern games, it's like, oh, it's just really quick. The menu looks like whatever. Minimalistic. Yeah, yeah, very minimalistic because that's not like a feature of anything. The feature is like the core game, you know. So it looks like the overall has been redone, like some of the moves, and it looks like the, some of the the story too. It looks a bit more more dynamic from the trailer. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it, I'm just really excited. Like, I'm hoping they fix a lot of the bugs. And a lot of the stuff oh, that yeah. we didn't like on the on the first one, like like Serge was saying, the overworld does look a lot better, a lot more alive. Um, there's some like control issues that I kind of wish they ch- would change out. Uh, some stylistic approaches to it were like it was you were like players were able to really kind of take advantage of the stats metric to a point where it was just OP to not have any uh, energy based powers. <laughs> yeah, which I hated because my guy was all energy based, like. You bet your ass I'm going to have my guy do a Kamehameha wave and Final Flash and Destructo Disc and, and have him go Na- Super Saiyan. And Nappa attack that just wins. Oh, the Nappa attack? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that one. Final Flash, if I could get someone caught in my Final Flash, that was enough. I didn't actually play the game myself, but I watched like my entire friend group play uh, it. And uh, Nappa's attack is broken. Yeah, well, even even Krillin's, um, the three Destructo Discs, those are heat-seeking. Like oh, Those hit you no matter what. It was near impossible <laughs> to avoid those. Is great. Cool. great. Well, I, I know the thing that I that really uh, I guess killed the game for me. I mean, I, I, went, I, I did plan to play it, but after seeing this announcement of the second one, I'm like, well, why even get the first one? Uh, was that there there was no storyline with Cooler, and Cooler is one of my favorite characters in Dragon Ball. So sure. the fact that in the second one it looks like they are going to incorporate the movies, I'm I'm pretty excited. Well, the I mean the the first one incorporated Battle of the Gods and all that as well. Well, that's like Akira Toriyama canon. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know, honestly, like if you can find it for 20 bucks, it's worth it. It's well worth it. It's even worth more yeah. than that to me. But like yeah, definitely. You Akira it. Toriyama canon, like that's a bad thing. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm saying, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad. I mean, I. Oh, it's, it's goddamn Akira Toriyama canon. Who wants that? Right, guys? I'm I'm kind <laughs> of a heretic in that I, I I enjoyed parts of GT. I'm going to ruin my credibility we, forever we don't, now. We don't talk about GT. It's not. I didn't even like, <laughs> see GT. Yeah, that, like that's like talking about it. Turtles Three. So There's just no Turtles I, I Three. Like... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't even know what I you're thought, talking about. I thought Baby was a creepy villain. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about stuff that doesn't exist in time and space in the nerd <laughs> world. So okay. Um, imagine, imagine if that's the whole point of Xenoverse Two, is deleting all of the non-canon stuff from canon. <laughs> Because you're still protecting, so the whole premise oh, of no. the first universe was you're protecting Just the, 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 the timeline. Anti-Amber campaign. What's that? Anti-Amber campaign. Uh, sure. Or yeah. anti-GT campaign, if that's yeah. how you choose to identify with it. But so like the the first storyline, right, was about um, uh, undoing the the messing with the timeline, 
right? Like someone's going through messing with the timeline. You're the Doctor Who of Dragon Ball Z. You're the it's Doctor. It's like that episode of Invader Zim where he just keeps throwing pigs back in yeah. time. And your job is to get rid of <laughs> the pigs. Everything keeps getting yes. worse. Yes. yes. Guys, oh, it's so good. Inferno Shenron's the coolest. But <laughs> stop talking. But um, in Xenoverse Two, it sounds oh, like you could repair the timeline. It's Nova Shenron. My bad. Sorry. I'm sorry. Amber is talking over me again. Uh, in Xenoverse Two, it sounds like you can mess up or repair the timeline, which looks really cool to me. Really? So you can you can choose to destroy all of the. That's what it looked like to me. I don't know if they're going to stick with that or how accurate that was, but that's how that looked to me. So that's pretty cool because it's like what you don't want to do. You don't want to rehash the same thing over and over again, even if you have. No, I think I think that that's actually a neat way to go about it. I've never actually heard of a time travel game that you, you where you're cherry picking what exists. Yeah, like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'm pumped for it. It's this year too. It's coming out. I don't think they gave us a date. Yeah, I'm, but it's I'm this definitely year. gonna pick it up. I know that I missed out on the pre-order on the first one, where so like I didn't get some characters. That's like the other reason I didn't get it. So maybe that's why I, they have season passes. You can just pay for them later. We'll do that. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Moral dilemma. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's all the nerd news that we have for today. Everyone, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the 51st episode of the Bad Cody Funky Podcast. The podcast that you can't outwill when you try to throw us into space. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Bad Cody Funky issue number 51 podcast. Today we have a movie club going on for you guys. Movie club. Hey, movie club, your section more. It's everybody's favorite <laughs> let's segment. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. No. On no. today's Nobody podcast, get ourselves a treat with us, uh, Booster Greg. I am the center. <laughs> Adam Bomb Amber. Kaboom. Uh, he was Casey. Hey. Center. <laughs> God damn it. You <laughs> got Dave the Beauty Menace. Yo. Center. And I'm center. I'm God Sergio. <laughs> welcome, welcome, one and all. Issue number 51. Uh, whenever <laughs> nerd news, whenever there's not too much that, that uh, piques our interest um, for podcasts, we usually do a movie club. We pick movies that we like, movies that we think you guys would like as well, and then we talk about them in, uh, in a certain fashion. And our only way we know how to do, roundtable discussion. So guys... Today we're talking about Justice League, DC animated Frontier movie. New Frontier. Justice League, the New Frontier. New and there's Frontier. a reason why we picked it. It wasn't very arbitrary. Um, the comics world lost a giant this they week. They did. Darwin tough. Cook passed away after a battle with cancer. Yeah. And man, he... What a, what a fantastic guy. He did work on, obviously, Justice League, New Frontier. He, going way, way back, he did storyboarding for... Batman the Animated Series. He redefined Catwoman in the early 2000s. He did a great run on the Spirit. He uh, he pretty much wrote the main wrote and drew the main title in the Before Watchmen stuff a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. I mean the you know, and I'll tell you, he's my absolute favorite Wonder Woman artist of all time. Really? Um, oh yeah. I if you guys ever, I mean, after seeing this movie, if you want to check out the New Frontier comic. It's it's the it's the best designed Wonder Woman I think I've ever seen. 
forever. I love it. But yeah, uh, we lost a, a real great guy. In fact, I met him at a at a convention the first time I ever went to New York Comic Con. I I met him in the artist alley, and uh, just uh, an absolute stand up guy. He was uh, he was glad that um, I had him sign my spirit comics. He's like, oh, you know, everybody always wants to talk to me about New Frontier, this, this, and that. But I I appreciate whenever somebody you know takes a look at the the new stuff I'm working on, and I'm like, well, it's it's great. And and then I hadn't even read New Frontier. But yeah, Darwin, you will be missed. Yeah, it was so sudden too. It was just kind of like I remember reading like something going on with Darwin and and like his publicist or something was released, and then the next day it was just like yeah, he's gone. Friday his his wife put up a, a thing on his blog, and then Saturday that was it. Yeah, damn. So nuts. But anyways, this movie is is great. So I hadn't watched this movie in years, and I was rewatching it and like. Just like I laughed, I was like suspenseful. The the star power behind this movie was fucking awesome. Like you had uh, my favorite David Boreanaz as Hal Jordan. You had Neil Patrick Harris as the Flash. You had um, what's his name, Kyle McLaughlin. Laughlin, what's his name, Casey? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, from Twin Peaks. From Twin Peaks, also from Serge's favorite show, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. Oh, he's Mister Hyde. Mister Hyde. <laughs> Uh, he played Superman, of all people. Uh, and you actually had uh, Sergio's dream casting of Xena, Warrior Princess, as Wonder Woman, Lucy Lawless. Uh, Lucy Lawless, <laughs> Yeah, I got to admit, I shit when I read that. I was like, no fucking way. That's who, yeah. that's who oh, Wonder yeah. Woman you, should You can recognize be. her voice from anywhere. It's like she has this 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 eternal voice. As soon as you hear it, you're like, that is Lucy Lawless, Xena, Warrior Princess. And the way she carries herself as Wonder Woman, even in animated, is... Is amazing. She's so regal and yet so powerful. Like she'll speak a sentence and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dave, did you recognize who the voice of the center was? Oh yeah, Keith David, of course. It's your, it's your, it's your BFF, uh, yeah, short man, man himself, uh, Keith David. <laughs> He's not short. I messed up. I messed up. He's my height. All right, let's let it go. Let it go. God damn it. Let it go. Han Solo's dead, Greg. Let it go. It happened. <laughs> Oh. That's not. It's not, even, it's not even a thing. It's not it a is thing. a thing. It happens. And, and Greg, Greg's favorite, James Arnold Taylor, voice of Ratchet as oh, Captain yeah. Cold. Yeah, that was great. It's so weird going back watching this movie and like when I first watched it, I didn't really care too much for the Flash and his rogues. Uh, and then just over the the years, I've grown to like like the characters, Heat Wave, Captain Cold. Captain Cold. I was so happy when I saw him. Yeah, and and the way New Frontier portrays the heroes is the way it should be. Martian Manhunter was fantastic. In oh, he was amazing. We go back to Captain Cold. Is isn't that who? Um, what's his name? Supposed to be on the Legends of Tomorrow? What is that? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's played by Warwick. Really? Yeah. That's that's the same character, like the so guy who's quote unquote yeah. snark. That's yeah. Captain Cold. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. So they they definitely changed up all the characters a lot for yeah. uh, Legends of Tomorrow and the Flash as well. But like, I'm I'm all right with it because in the comics too, snark does kind of. Uh, become a good guy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely like Jeff Johns, actually we talked about in the previous segment, uh, actually did a really <laughs> good job at making him relatable. And, you know, he was, you know, avenging his sister. Like his sister dies, the golden glider who is in the flash. Uh, she ends up dying in the comics, I think. And then he kind of becomes obsessed with like revenge and stuff like that again. But there's a point where he's a good guy and he 
just I also don't know. in Flashpoint, he was Citizen Cold. Yeah, and he was actually a good guy. <laughs> Citizen right. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. Now my thing is that uh, Wentworth Miller, the guy who plays Captain Cold, Legends tomorrow, he like he should have just taken his cue from these DC animated guys. The way to do the voice because it annoys me to know and the Legends See, of I, Tomorrow. I kind of like it. I kind of like the voice. I don't know why. No, it's, it's just so it's hammy and so super so, villainy. Oh, I it, like it. it. We're talking about, uh, Captain Cold. I love Captain Cold in Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. He's like my favorite character. I'm not yeah. talking about the characters. I'm just talking about the voice. The voice yeah. is the no, only everything about him. That's everything the about only him I like. problem I have with the All character. Oh, I Come I'm on. like, oh my god! Smart. I just want to punch him in the dick every time he talks. I really <laughs> what if a bad he, guy. You no, want to punch him in the dick? No, no, yeah. no, no! You're not getting it. Like, like Casey, like the character is not the issue. It's no, just it's, the, it's voice. the voice. Sergio's that's the it. Voice. That's it. Everything else is great. He's a I, great actor. I love him. Everything and everything that he's done. And I like the way he portrays this character. And I love the way that he just like. I love that the rest of the group is so like goody two shoes, and he's just like, oh please. Like, a hero for a second. He knows exactly why he's there. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> coming back it. to uh, to New Frontier. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk in heat wave voice for the rest of I'm just gonna talk about this for the rest of the podcast. Okay, that I like. <laughs> that's that's not bad. Like that's <laughs> revealing. That's just like he's just like oh well you know you guys are for dead and now I've come to kill you and I'm like haha that's pretty good but the whole nasally like Greg we should go get some. He's very catty. To team up for New York. Oh Mick, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I do like it. It's it's. it's Interesting, interesting vo- vocal patterns. But um, speaking, speaking of, of 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 patterns and voices, is that to do with the frontier? I was yes. Okay, good. I was super surprised when Batman wasn't voiced by Kevin Conroy. Oh, so this yeah, is that a, caught me off guard too. This like, is a big really thing. Guard. So I don't remember who um, voices him. He was in that show Suburbia. Remember that show that was like on for a couple yeah, seasons yeah. that got canceled. It's that same guy. When I first watched this, because this was before even Bruce Greenwood did the voice of Batman on just on uh, Young Justice, and he Bruce Greenwood was also Batman in Crisis on Two Earths, I think. Sure, yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of like the definitive Batman at this point when you're talking about not Kevin Conroy. So Kevin Conroy is the Bruce Tim universe, right? That's all like, oh, he's okay. known for that. Batman yeah. animated, yeah. yeah. He's in a couple other things. He did. He's Batman in Assault on Arkham. Sure, sure, yeah. For example, and the, like, and the killing the joke. I, I feel like if they can't get him, if they can't get Kevin Conroy, they'd go for Bruce Green, Greenwood. And Bruce Greenwood did a great, great uh, job as Batman. He was believable. He had the right voice. He didn't try to be Kevin Conroy, which some of these people do. But this guy, I can't re- believe I can't remember his name right now. Jeremy I am, Sisto. What's his name? Jeremy Sisto. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, Jeremy Sisto. I'm okay with his voice because it's just so... It fits. It, it grew on me. It grew and on me. Yeah, exactly. Your first reaction is, that's not Kevin Conroy. And like yeah. your chair rolls back. And you're like, whoa, what am I watching? But then <laughs> as you go into it and as he delivers these badass fucking lines... It, it works. It Absolutely works. works. Absolutely. All I need for you is a penny to get a box of matches. Oh, like, he delivered yeah. that line That's masterfully. <laughs> Absolutely masterfully <laughs> delivered that line. I got a $70,000 sliver of a rock for the one in Metropolis. All I need is a penny for for a book of matches. I love when... So for those of you, like just very briefly, a brief synopsis of New Frontier as we're diving into, oh, this is the best part. No, this is the best part. In case you haven't seen it, which if you haven't, pause, go watch it, come back and listen to us. Yeah, um, but it's a fantastic movie. It's pretty much the origin of a lot of characters um, in terms of we see how Martian Manhunter is brought in. We see how yeah, you can juggle what? multiple characters at once and have it work successfully. 
Yeah, it's like Dawn of Justice 50 years ago done right. Sure, yeah. And it, it, Although there were a few parts that were a little out of nowhere, yeah. like Aquaman at the end, like, by the way, I'm here. And yeah, then, yeah. like, Superman kind of had no reason to exist. Well, in the, in the book, <laughs> it's, it is a lot more fleshed out, obviously, because it's two trades. So, yeah, I know, I can imagine. Yeah. But in, in the movie, I just, I, I think my two biggest complaints were, like, kind of the pointlessness of Superman sure. and, like, just the deus ex machina of, of Aquaman. Superman's only real point, in my opinion, was to save Hal Jordan from space. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty it. much. Yeah. And you know, call the big guy and, and, he, and he yell at yell yeah. the heroes for fighting. You're like, wait, we gotta work together. Let's go fight. Gets his ass handed to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for every great scene with Wonder Woman that's in here, there's a great scene with Superman. Most of sure. them are also together, but still, yeah. No, when Superman kind of shows up and he has those red eyes, there is like something ominous about him. Sure. That I didn't expect. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting back to it, uh, Casey, you're, you're usually the best at summing up these things pretty quickly. How would you describe New Frontier to those who have not seen it yet? It's the Silver Age of comics distilled into, what, 90 minutes? Yeah. It gives you People everything. You might not know what the Silver Age is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's the 1950s, 1960s in comics when all these heroes are, you know, are being revamped or being redesigned or really coming to their own. The superhero is back. Um Superman's the top dog at his game. Wonder Woman emerges. Then you get new heroes like Green Lantern and The Flash who are coming into popularity all their own. Mm-hmm. But they're also in a shared universe where before you would have occasional team-ups and what have you, but now you've got teams and groups and leagues and societies and more characters than you can shake a stick at. But what happens when you put them all against a common foe in a, in a time of fear of the communists in a, in a post-war era? Um, and now you got aliens. You got at least three different kinds, of, four different kinds of aliens in this book. It's at great. least, it's great. I love how it like centers around Hal Jordan too. That was he was pretty much the main character, yeah. yeah this, and this comic, I believe, or well, the comic that this film is based on, excuse me, uh, was also one of the major reasons that they decided to bring Hal Jordan back. Rebirth? No, it wasn't Rebirth. That was flash. yeah no it was oh yeah no, they were both rebirth it was Green Lantern rebirth yeah you're right yeah you All nailed right. it yeah don't second it. guess your don't knowledge doubt myself. Greg and it's it's actually really funny as far as like as far as things being taken by surprise uh, this animation was really brutal like it starts off with a suicide Dude, like it was great like I remember watching this for the shot yeah. being like what's he doing what's he what's he what's he and like I paused it and I was like. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, how many times does the opening narrator kill himself right after he tells? Right, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. What a, what, a, what a great! And it's like it's a very fluid animation too. Oh no, the opening was was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know. I, I mean, that and the uh, that matches part uh, probably tied for like my favorite part of the movie. Just like that really abstract, artistically kind of drawn out opening, where any find out later it was a cartoonist being driven mad by this like alien in his head, and he's like channeling these these these. These images, these kind of nonlinear, whatever the history of humanity, and he just can't handle it, or or I think does it make him kill himself? I don't know. He dies. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really it was a hell of an opening. I I, I thought that um one of my one of my favorite parts is when Martian Manhunter goes to Batman, finds him in the cave. Batman's just like not impressed, right? He's just like, he, doesn't, he doesn't even turn around. Doesn't even turn around. <laughs> he's not even doing anything important. I bet on that fucking thing. He's probably just like whatever. Just like yeah, look at my finger now. This is after he he found out where he was living and was like, you got to do better than than newspaper clippings, alien. <laughs> oh, but it was so, well, yeah. But what was so cool too was like, Martian Manhunter was like, I'm going. I thought I could help. I can't. This sucks. I, there wasn't a way to get home. Now there is. I'm gone. And he goes, 
that's nice. Some of us don't have that luxury. <laughs> have a nice, have a nice trip. Yeah, it's just like fuck you, <laughs> get out of here. Don't waste my time. It's great. Well, Martin Hunter had a lot of great scenes. There was that one part where he's talking to the I don't remember his name, the military general. Oh, who, Flag who, Faraday. He, oh, Faraday. He, he Faraday. originally seemed like a villain, but I mean, he, uh, uh, his oh, dynamic yeah. with Martian Manhunter was really like it really humbled the character out. Sure. It made him so likable, just because in a way, even though he was doing all these bad things, that coupled with his reasons for doing them made the Martian Manhunter change completely change his motives for the better. Um, it was it was really neat to. To, to see that, and that I, unconventional take. And I think, like, Superman, like, again, like, delivered a really good line where he says about the Martian Manhunter, he goes, he could leave here if he wants to, but he's choosing not to. You should probably think about why. When they're holding yeah, him hostage. Absolutely. Holding him, like, a hostage, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it's just, like, this movie is so quotable. Like, so many great... like Even, like, so... Not a quote, but... When Batman and Martian Manhunter are kind of meeting for the first time... He did the Batman glare, but because his eyes were so big, it was like a super Batman glare. <laughs> I must have rewound that, watched that maybe 10 times. I was like, oh that God. is fucking awesome. It's so good. Um, and also, like, like Hal Jordan, too, just hit, like, him. They nailed it. You know, it's like, hey, uh, Hal, you ready for what numbers, test number 72? He goes, no, Hal Jordan here, just spam in a can. And he's just <laughs> like, Cool as a fucking cucumber throughout this rigorous yeah, test. You want to you want to talk about quotable lines uh, when he's out to dinner with Carol, and it's like I don't get involved with employees. Oh yeah, and he's like ah, I don't start, start work two for two, two more weeks. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say that was pimped out. I was like, oh two man, I wish I thought of that one these days. God damn it, <laughs> he is smooth. <laughs> but it also it also did a good job of of making these DC heroes that traditionally get criticized for being too godlike. It actually gave them a sense of vulnerability that that really uh, fit them, and that didn't seem forced. And and it, and that, that's really what Marvel has on DC in a lot of ways is these relatable heroes. But this movie, you kind of saw the other side of heroes. You saw that Wonder Woman's like this this awesome heroine, but she also can get wrapped up in her vigilante justice and just straight up help these hostages kill their captors, <laughs> which is like kind of continuing the cycle of violence. And so like that's kind of like her flaw. Hal Jordan, you really you mostly see him as a human, and you and you see his his real human trials, and it's uh, I don't know I just I just think it was it was great to see these heroes in another light, especially at an early point in their career. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Flash actually wasn't like I wasn't too impressed with the Flash in this movie. Like even though it's Neil Patrick Harris doing the voice, I was just kind of like. Meh. He he felt like he was like one of those um, just thrown in their characters. They just threw him in. I mean, I, I prob he probably was like more important in the actual comic itself. But in this, he kind of they it felt like they just threw him in there. Yeah. Well, to me, I he agree. kind of felt like like the, the main guy. Like there was a lot of him in it. And I was like for the Flash. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I for me it was more Hal Hal and Martian Manhunter. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Absolutely. That's just the way it felt for me. I I, I could see like the Flash being a main character too because you know he was very integral and he like had a lot of cool moments and stuff like that but like mm. i don't know maybe it's just because i'm i'm well, more prone towards here's, here's <laughs> my I'm question Here, here's oh, yeah. my question i was thinking about this the entire time i was watching it the center was the center really a villain from his point of view if you really think about it from a yeah, certain point of view you know, he just seemed like <laughs> he, he was. It was almost like a, just a series of processes that kind of that just happened to unfold in a way that wasn't in humanity's favor. 
it, it didn't seem like it was there was like a a, a calm collected like I'm going to kill these these asses because I hate them. It was kind of like here's the result I see. This is the only answer. So it was kind of it was kind of more so. It was no matter what happened, it would have always made that decision. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because he was know, I, he, he was right. Because like if you think about it, like the, especially like in that time, like the nineteen like fifties and sixties, like everyone hate almost like now. It's almost like parallels know what's going on now. Like. Um, the nuclear arms race. Yeah, everyone hates everybody, and everyone's got itchy trigger finger. Who are you? Are you this? Are you that? You know, like, what are you really thinking? Like, it's like, yeah. it's a good allegory for what's going on today. And it's like, from its point of view, it made sense just to wipe off all humans. You sure. know, I mean, why is the Flash wearing red? What is he a communist or something? Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, another like, great wasn't line. Red suit? Yeah, red for commies. <laughs> like what? That old school way of thinking. Yeah, it's great, and I love how. Um, John, uh, Marshall Manhunter's buddy was like, "Why are you going? Where are you going? What's wrong?" Because it just like didn't affect his buddy at all, his cop buddy. And Marshall Manhunter was like, "Fuck this place." It's great. It was, it was a good, good time. Um, other other notable things too for me, you get to see a lot of like you know, you get to see Gorilla Grodd, even though he's a robot. Like that's kind of cool. It's really like oh, yeah. yeah, cool everyone. Cameo. There was that part at the end where it kind of showed like where the Justice League was heading. Yeah, and it had a little bit of everyone. Yeah, that was really really cool too. Even the Joker, Dark Side, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally wanted to see more, but you know, we never will. Just like Young Justice. Ugh. Yeah. Ending on that. What are you playing with my heart heartstrings for? I have very few of those left as it is. Come on. Stop canceling my shows, DC. Greg's running out of heartstrings. <laughs> you lie, Greg. There's a good man still in you. I know there is. You're uh, still the same. Like you're, you're the same boy I met in college. I know you are. It's in there somewhere. Somewhere deep down in there. There's there's still good in him. <laughs> it's cute. That's cute. You think so? Uh, anyways, it's getting to be about that time. A little early, but why not? Let's let's kick this off a little early, huh? Uh, we are at 50 minutes, which is close to an hour if you round up. Into the podcast, <laughs> which means it is time for my infamous secret question. Don't worry, that'll that'll go away at some point when the battery dies and I don't know how to replace it. When we get a cease and desist from Nintendo. We haven't yet. It's a parody. We can do it. We're tempting fate at this point. <laughs> uh, anyways, what I want to ask you guys, my secret question kind of revolves around a more, like a nice little deeper knowledge of the DC universe. What I want to ask you is, in the New Frontier style, what kind of DC hero would you like to see in this universe and voiced by whom? What do you mean in the style? So like this, this like Silver Age, like that art style in this time frame and this storyline, you know, this this kind of way of depicting the characters. Hmm. Does it have to be a hero? It could be a villain. Let's expand Ooh. it out to villains. Yeah. I know what Serge is going to say now. Nope. No, I don't. Okay. Because <laughs> it's going to be Eddie Murphy as something. No, no, no. I do that for Marvel. <laughs> Okay, so Casey, let's start with you. Oh, caught me unawares this time, or did you? No, I didn't. I'm just going to go with my first instinct on this one, and I'm going to go with Hawkman. Ooh, nice. 
Yeah. Uh, Hawkman is a character I've always liked. I've always wanted to get into. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can take the character. Given the science fiction-y B-movie air to the 60s, I would make him the Thanagarian space cop version. Ooh. You could have him team up with, uh, with Adam Strange, who was hanging about. You know, you got more than your fair share of aliens already in this, in this world. So I think introducing the Thanagarians could be a pretty interesting mix. Also, he's a big dude with a mace. Oh, yeah. That's always cool. Yeah, I you don't mean, ha- you don't just stick a guy with a mace in a show and not expect him to use it to bash things. Yeah, man, yeah. it's not like the Punisher and a minigun he never used. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Uh, let's go with Dave. The oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Sorry, go back, Casey. Who voices him? Oh, oh, Ooh. man, I don't think I'm gonna forget that. I almost did. Uh, Adam Baldwin. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice, yeah. nice. All right. Just, uh, just the right amount of grizzle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave? I would like to see Bane animated in this 1950s style. See what they actually do with them. Just, just, just you know, like the old school, like Luchador Bane, not like the oh yeah Tom Hardy Bane or whatever it turned into like in like um the Arkham universe. Sure, yeah. But classic Bane, one of the few guys that, I, to my knowledge, took out the Batman. Well, you might like how he looked in um, Arkham Origins. That's more akin to what oh, you're talking about. I actually forgot about Arkham Oh, Origins. he was great. Yeah. yeah, he was great in Origins. But yeah, I would like to see Bane voiced by Antonio Banderas. Really? I thought you were going to say Danny Trejo for sure. I thought he was going to say <sighs> Ricardo Montalban. No, you know what? Danny, <laughs> no, because Danny Trejo, like, it'd be cool, but, like, you know it's Danny Trejo. Sure. I think Antonio Banderas can give more of that, like intelligent villain type of feel that what how bane is sure you know? he's zorro of course yeah so he can sound like more intelligent i can just hear him like t- bat like ca- talking down to batsman i will break you you know yeah that was a horrible antonio banderas that was the worst antonio banderas. yeah it was bad That's i could probably do a better Antonio. i won't you, but you i probably, probably could. could you should uh, no do it antonio banderas right now do i it. can't do i can't even oh when i think of doing an antonio banderas impression uh, when we were a kid, we used to do a joke one, which is the most random joke impression you can do. But it would always be like, my name is Antonio Banderas. And that's all we said. <laughs> that's it. That That's my Antonio Banderas impression. Would you follow it up with, you killed my father, prepare to die. <laughs> Give me a break. Terrible. <laughs> uh, Amber, go. Um. Okay. I... Have I have one Batwoman, but more so the Bombshells series currently being written by uh, Marguerite Bennett. It's a yeah, but that's not the question. You want to do New, okay. new Frontier? Okay, fine. Not um, Stop changing Batwoman from Bombshells, and it would be what? I, I know from this is kind of a cop out because we just saw she's, uh, um, New she's Frontier. The, the Kathy really Kane think... Batwoman. She's oh, oh yeah, sorry, I didn't hear what she said. I was I was too busy that, talking over her because I get revenge in talking over her this time. Oh, okay, great. No, um, no, I think that uh, Lucy Lawless would actually be a, a great voice for her just because she has that presence that Batwoman really needs. I, it wouldn't work if Wonder Woman is there because, you know, got to do Wonder Woman. So who would be, but, would be a second if, like, it wasn't Lucy Lawless, so? I don't know. I'm too. I'm, I'm not good at these. Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yes. Michelle Rodriguez. She'd have to die then if it was Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, no. Yeah, because it's like no, the thing. It's a thing. I would like to see, like, classic, um, modern Batwoman, but in the classic style that we see in Bombshells. Okay. Yep. All right, whatever. Cheat a little bit. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real answer. Uh, Sergio. Hey, it... <laughs> oh, I would love to see Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, 
in this uh, style back in the day. I think it'd be an endearing story. You have Billy Batson, a little boy walking around, because like he, he kind of fits um that whole style with like the whole like you know like like uh, America nineteen fifties like a oh, little totally boy with like, yeah. like a paper route. You know he he he's helping out like uh, his neighborhood and stuff. And then you know this dude is like, hmm, kid, you're doing good. Let me reward you. Oh, here's some powers and stuff. And then when he becomes uh, Shazam, aka Captain Marvel, it'll be voiced by uh, none other than Don Draper. Ooh, yeah, nice. Oh. See, Amber, take notes. I really, that's, 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 I really that's like Amber. I'm gonna see that I'm gonna, now. Gonna, gonna write down my favorite voice oh, actors. Yeah, really <laughs> yep, Mr. Mr. John Hamm. I mean, thinking about like uh, uh, the aesthetic of Billy Batson walking around being a kid in the 1950s. You know, it was campy. It's, it, it would kind of, it would kind of like look like Back to the Future. You know, like when they mm-hmm. went back in time, like because they captured that era perfectly. You know, it looked like a nice, bright, sunny day every day. Everyone should, you know, have a whistle and a song in their step, drinking a Coca Cola from mm-hmm. machine. You know, it's like I don't open this thing, Mister, like this. You know, like <laughs> so he opens it up for a guy on the yeah. machine and everything, and then shenanigans happen. He becomes Shazam, and you know, he's saving the world from uh, from a threat. And voiced by John Hamm, I think that'll be something really interesting to see. I think it, it fits the aesthetic, it fits the uh, the era, and uh, yeah, I would love to see that. We didn't even talk about that too when Marshman Editor was watching TV. Oh, that was great! And shapeshifting uh, <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah, he, was so sha- he was shapeshifting. He turns into the the Indian. The, yeah, please stand yeah. by. <laughs> that was great. Oh my god! Not only that, but he he was he was he was black and white, <laughs> which I thought was a great touch. Yeah, because <laughs> images we look at it was black and white. It makes sense. He's an alien. He's looking at black and white images, so he would make himself black and white. Yeah, he he hasn't been in the world for that long, so he doesn't really know. You know, he's yeah. acclimating, so he's trying. His to entire get frame of reference for Native Americans is monochrome. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to like morph into someone and walk out in the world, but he would be in black and white. People were like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that also. Like he walks no, out like that, that as that like funny moment. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like when he was like when he was like James Cagney guy, like with like the hat top with the hat and everything. I was like, "Yeah, he's black and white. He's at the window. He's gonna walk out. People gonna freak out. Oh, he's in, he's in Technicolor now. He figured like, it out." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before I answer or give my answer, some uh, some answers from the audience. We have a John Constantine in that style, which would be Ooh. that'd be pretty interesting. Oh, I can see that. Think of that shit. I don't know. I don't oh, know nice. who would who would voice that, but that would be definitely really cool. Maybe get like a a classic um, tough guy actor going on there. You know, Bruce Willis. No, it has to have an English accent. Come on. Oh, the voice of Kit Harrington. Ooh, interesting. Whoa, that would be yeah, good. Not the classic I was thinking of, but that definitely totally works. And yeah. a Silver Age cyborg. Ooh. I can see that. As much as I dislike cool. cyborg with the passion. Oh, my God. Why hasn't sons. anybody done that? Like, he would be done in that cool, like, Jetsons kind of future look. Oh, yeah. Because it's the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'd actually like to see that. I, w- I wonder if he'd have like those, like the big, uh, like, like not wings, but like you know, like on the back of an old like Corvette. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah, the, like yeah, the yeah. little oh, raised yeah. bits. Yeah, the, yeah fins. the fins. These guys, he would have like the fins. Yeah, he would look like my popcorn <laughs> machine. Yeah. Hey, that'd be really cool. Uh, for him, I mean, like, there's only so many actors you can really do with uh, Cyborg, and I feel like they've already done them all that I can think of. Pick the same guy who's done him forever, the dude from Teen Titans. You can do that, or you can do Michael B. Jordan. He did it in Flashpoint. Did he really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was good. Cool. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. Uh, my pick would be I want to say Booster Gold, but I don't want to say Booster Gold because that's what I say all the time in DC. I was stuff. gonna guess. I was gonna guess Firestorm for you. Firestorm would be a cool one too, especially if you have uh, Martin Stein and uh, Ronnie Raymond. Like that would yeah. be. 
pretty interesting. And it actually would go really well with the um, well, what do you call it? With the, like the the whole like nuclear like fear, right? Yeah, or Captain Adam. Or Captain Adam would be fantastic. Oh man, that'd be really cool. And I think Adam Baldwin did the voice of Captain Adam at one point too. Did he? Huh. Yeah, that was that would be really 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 cool. Um, we're gonna stick with yeah, let's just stick with like Firestorm. Like I really like that. I would have. Actually, I really like the portrayal um, that what's his name does. I can't remember his name right now from from Legends. What the hell's his name? It's gonna bug me forever, and then I'm gonna think of it tonight, and I wake up in a cold sweat, and I just say, "Victor Garber, <laughs> got it. I got it. There we go." I just ah, had to no. live. I had to like go into the future to think of it just now. And get every that. time, every time we do this show, it's like I forget every actor's name, and then as soon as we're off the air, it's like, oh yeah, I know everybody. I got it this time. I really like Victor Garber's see, I approach. Never know anyone's name. <laughs> um, Ronnie, I would probably go for. Who would I go for for Ronnie? Let's say. I got. I got a perfect voice. What do you got? The I forget his name, but it's the it's the guy who does like the voice of Danny Phantom. Oh, that'd be really oh, cool. He does, oh, what's his name? He does so many, so many like voice roles. Or Josh ah. Keaton. Yeah. He'd be good too. It's David Kaufman. Yep. You're right. Yep. He was also the the voice of the animated Marty McFly, if you remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, ladies and germs, it's all the time we have for this issue of the Bad Cody Funky, a podcast season fifty one. Tune in next time. Thursdays at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Also, catch us on iTunes and SoundCloud. For this podcast, this was Booster Greg. I am not Booster Greg. This is the center. You will all be judged. Oh, God. And a Bob Amber. Kaboom. Judged. <laughs> Did the Beard of Menace. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> really <TV's> judged. Casey. Hey. <laughs> and I'm Sergio. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to catch us on iTunes or listen to us on SoundCloud for you Android users. Catch us every Thursday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time live on twitch.tv slash Funky. And don't forget to check out Funky for things you actually care about. Until next time, everyone, we'll see you later. Or we'll see you never. Or you'll be judged. Or you'll be judged. I like how you guys gave me that point after Casey said something to say something I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>